Reptile Gumbo Podcast. I'm James Lewis from Simply Serpents. And I'm April Justine from Designer Exotics. Each week, we'll discuss what is happening in herpetoculture on social media, YouTube, and even on other podcasts. We will share our opinions and thoughts on current events, as well as the opinions of you, the listener. Make sure to check out our Facebook and Instagram for interactive polls and posts where you can tell us what you were thinking. Then listen for your name each week as we share your opinions on the podcast. So sit back and relax. Here's the Reptile Gumbo Podcast. Welcome to episode 36 of the Reptile Gumbo Podcast. How are you doing, April? I am fabulous today. How are you? Uh, I'm good. I kind of have like a four-day weekend. I go in tomorrow, but there's no kids, so it's basically a day off. That and is then, basically. <laughs> and then we're we're off on Friday, so I'm pretty good. I think I'm going to go uh, kayaking Saturday. I'm looking forward is to that. Is it kayak fishing? Is that what you're going to do? Well, I'm going to be fishing. I think uh, my wife and daughter are going to be in another kayak uh, trying not to kill each other. Okay. So how does that work if you're fishing and they're kayaking being loud and whatnot? Like, does that work? I have no idea. This will be the first time we try and do this. That's funny. <laughs> well, so, hopefully it <laughs> I'm sure it'll work. Okay, so uh, anybody that's listening, we are actually doing this one live. It is just me and April this week. We, uh, ugh, last week, there were so many issues. We, oh, uh, my God. Not even funny. <laughs> and look, I'm, I'm telling you right now, there's probably going to be issues with this one. So anybody listening, if you wonder why in like 45 minutes it just randomly cuts off and comes back in, it's probably my internet again. Uh, <laughs> Last week, with like five minutes left to go, it cut out, and then I came back in, and I couldn't hear our guest, and so then I got all three of our recordings, mine, April's, and then, and Mike's, and then as I was finishing editing that, finally, because it took a lot of editing, my power went out at 5.30 on Thursday, right before the hurricane hit, and then I didn't get power again until 9 o'clock on Sunday, uh... So yeah, that's why everybody got an episode kind of a week late, and you're getting you're going to end up getting this weird episode in the middle of this week. Yeah, just so, random time. Like, get it together, guys. Come on. Yes. So I'm going to go. Well, that's weird. Why are there two this week? There's two because you know what? Screw it. 20, <laughs> why not? 2020. That's all I'm at this point. Um, so during this, we actually have a lot of comments from stuff. So we will uh, we'll answer some questions and stuff as we go through this. But we do have somewhat of an actual outline to talk about yes kind of we're moderately structured sometimes james you're always the one that's good for that not me that's for sure <laughs> I, uh, yeah i came home and took a nap so i'm good now i'm awake okay oh, um i just oh, got home from work stuffed my face and now i'm here so <laughs> we're good in your amazing hotel room i know i know man i only have like a month left of hotel living like legitimately a month Is that, that that's good right I'm, yeah, I get to be home. Yeah, <laughs> so I was say, that's, excited. Uh, I get to see my snakes every day if I want to, not just on weekends. <laughs> uh, you're you're like the divorced parent. I only get to see my kids on the weekends. For real, for real. And then you have to like cram all this time in into the short period, and it's just it's stressful, honestly. <laughs> uh, before we go any farther, I do want to mention our awesome sponsors. One because one of our sponsors is in the chat. I want to hey. mention Robert from Lone Star Reptile Racks. If you need an awesome reptile rack, contact Robert over at Lone Star Reptile Racks. He's got a website, so you can go to, I'm not going to lie, I'm pretty sure it's LoneStarReptileRacks.com, but the moment I say that, it's going to be something completely different. So let's type that, Lone Star, man, that's a long name, Robert, Reptile 
Rex.com. What's that from? Uh, uh, Expedia. There we go. Dot com. Okay, and now it's not wanting to load, so I could totally be wrong. And I'm sure Robert's going to be like, it's not that, and you should know that. And I should know that. I definitely should, uh, but I don't. That's okay. Oh, look, it's lsreptileracks.com. See there? Yeah, that's what's awesome. That's why my computer's like, hey, dummy, this is not a website. They can't go there. Did he just comment that and tell you? He did comment that. Okay, good. I'm just wanting to see like our comments are kind of aligned and whatnot. They are aligned. It's just to so go to lsreptileracks.com um, and check out his racks. You can check out Robert's rack. He's got very nice rack. Racks. Whoa. <laughs> and guys, y'all are missing the cam show tonight. Uh, Was it OnlyFans or something? <laughs> Yeah, we're going to start a, uh, an OnlyFans for the Gumbo Podcast. It's, just, it's not going to be me, I promise. <laughs> and Darren, who said there's no eating during podcasts? Shut up. Oh, there's, no, there's no eating into the microphone as some other podcasters, Justin, would do with crunchy food like chips. And this is a shake. It's a peanut butter shake. It's bomb. And, yeah. not, and, and it, I don't have my headset on. So. And it brings all the boys to the yard. Yeah. Robert says... The, he has either he has spectacular racks or you do. I don't know, so we're gonna leave it there. <laughs> All right, awkward. <laughs> <laughs> so check out Robert, and then our other sponsor is Sean Gray from Herb Reptile Shows. Um, in two weeks, I start like my marathon of Herb Reptile Shows. Uh, yeah. It's going to be a lot, but I get to see you in like three oh, weeks. Yeah, like four. I'm so four weeks which show am i going to i don't even know where i'm going you're, 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 coming, <laughs> you're coming down to the lafayette show there you go that's what i'm doing uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll some bloods too. i'll have some bloods for sale um it'll be it'll be fun it'll be good yeah you can check out her blood yeah. uh yeah it starts to see so it starts october 24th 25th is slidell uh october 31st and november 1st which is halloween weekend is beaumont texas come out we'll have candy on our tables we have just take candy from strangers. It's the best thing you can do. Yeah. Uh, the yeah. week after the week after that is Lafayette, uh, Louisiana, November seventh and eighth. The week after that is Stafford, Texas, November fourteenth and fifteenth. The week after that is New Orleans, Louisiana, November twenty first and twenty second. And then we take a break. We breathe. For like Are you week. going to all of those? I will not be doing Stafford, but I'm doing Slidell, Beaumont, Lafayette, New Orleans. Man. Yeah. And then Robert is also doing all of those. He's doing seven shows in eight weeks, he says. That's uh, a... Yeah. Can you get your ball sack off the screen? No. She can be on the screen. Hello! So if anybody's listening to the podcast later on, feel free to go find this video on our on our Facebook page, and you can see uh, you can see April's ball sack in her lap as it tries to get away. Yep. Oh, God, that's just... That's distracting. So... Yes, reptile, Herb's Reptile Shows. Come out, check out. You can see Robert and his his racks. You can come check out Robert's racks. Uh, yeah. He'll let you he'll let you touch and feel his rack. Yeah. You can, <laughs> you can, fondle, you can fondle his racks. Then uh, you can also see see me. I won't have any racks for you to fondle, but uh, I will have 
a few Samboas probably at some of the earlier shows, and then I'll be out of them. But you'll come see me at the Simply Bio table, which is my uh, partner project with Tracy, who's actually in the chat as well. We will have isopods and little uh, display containers for isopods or small reptiles, uh, little bioactive enclosures. So come check us out, Simply Bio. Go check out Robert at Lone Star Reptile Racks. Uh, he says that his rack is firm. So there you go. You can feel his firm rack and uh, see if you like it or not. <laughs> so, and what is, is it a parrot? What the hell? There's a cat ass in the air. <laughs> Everyone is just missing the, the, the ball sack ass that's just pointing right at the camera. There's no hair to hide that asshole either. So like, if you can picture a normal cat asshole, now picture it bald. And if you're doing that, you're fucking gross. Stop that. Quit picturing bald cat assholes. Jeez. Oh, my goodness. Oh, okay, so I do have to share. Okay, teacher moment. I have to share a story. Oh, so I had a kid, honestly, this week who thought that lip gloss, oh, man, he thought it was made out of whale sperm. Why would he think that? The internet told him that. So is he afraid of lip gloss? He's never, he hasn't used it in a year since he heard about it. But I was like, my civilizer was, have you ever stopped to think of the logistics of what would have to happen for lip gloss to be made out of whale sperm? Someone's job would have to be to collect whale sperm. Like, come on, man. But if the internet said it, it must be true. How old are the kids that you work with? They're like 15 years old. Okay. They're only a few years away from being considered an adult. Oh man, that's so, scary. When you so that. if that hor if that horrifies you, it should. <laughs> People are like the children are our future. I sure as hell hope not. I've seen our future then, and uh, it's not looking good. So, oh, someone did post. Oh, I say someone. Uh, I just saw who did it. And Stephen Livingston posted the the NPR calendar contest winners came out. For any of y'all that listen to uh, Morelia Python Radio every year, they do a calendar. Um, it's not of Owen. And Eric like naked or in suggestive poses, I promise. It's it's a snakes. <laughs> and so Oh my god. Oh that that no one would buy that calendar. You know, like, you know, like a fireman do like the the Yes. You no, know, the, the reptile keeper version. So it's just like <laughs> Eric dressed <laughs> Eric dressed as a seductive hobbit. <laughs> like <laughs> oh Owen dressed up in the woods hunting Bigfoot. That's too good. That's too funny. But if you go over to MoreliaPythonRadio.net, because they're old and they have a .net, uh, <laughs> you no, can... they're cheap and they couldn't afford the .com. That is, that is true, as, <laughs> as someone else, April, who's had a .net before. <laughs> um, but you can check out a lot of the winners. Some of the names will look familiar, like uh, the Coastal Carpet Python winner was from Dan, who uh, listens to us and comments every now and then. Nice. Uh, they had a the one that I probably should have done a picture and I didn't this year because I'm a loser. Because they had a boa category, and I didn't take a picture of any boas. Come on, man! But uh, the Brettles winner was Travis Wyman. Oh, very cool! Check out Travis Wyman's uh, Brettles picture. Uh, da, 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 I'm going through the list real quick, just trying to see the names. Keith McPeak. Well, always phenomenal too. So definitely check those out. There's a Boland's Python picture, and of course it's Keith McPeak. Of course, it should be. And then, um, oh, was, I didn't realize it was Stephen that took the picture. Yeah, okay, so Stephen had the boa picture. It was a uh, rosy boa. Way to go, Stephen. Oh, yay. That's awesome. And you guys can order those calendars, I'm assuming, since they have winners, you could probably order them now. Yes, yes, you can. Uh, maybe. Or, not, or soon. Pay attention 
you know, listen to NPR. They'll tell you when. Yeah. They actually, they the, the important thing is they actually got it done fairly early this year. So you may actually get the calendar in time to use it in January. Normally, that's not the case. They're on top of it this year. Uh, Darren Watson did comment that he just gave his wife some lip gloss. You can take <laughs> that however you want. <laughs> uh, I can't. <laughs> but I'm glad that wasn't on video. Uh, <laughs> Maybe it is. Just don't know. <laughs> Robert said, how do you think they breed orcas in captivity? It isn't natural copulation. Look, I don't want that job. I've seen clips of how they, like, stud out horses, and they, there's a guy that has to reach underneath the male horse to collect the semen. Could you imagine the three guys that have to hold a whale to get that thing? Yeah. Anyways, in case anybody's listening, it's not made out of whale semen. In case you also read that same thing on the internet and you were like, but it was on the internet. Why is it, is he using lip gloss though? Shouldn't he be using like chapstick instead? I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't no, know. I don't question, I don't question a lot. I do question. I told him my biggest concern was uh, at that point, I'm not afraid of, like, that question. We fixed that. I am now afraid of what I don't know that he doesn't know. That horrifies me. Because I would have assumed you knew that lip gloss was not made out of whale sperm. But obviously I was wrong there. So now there's a whole litany of things that he may not know that I don't know he doesn't know. <laughs> and he's going to go off into the world one day not knowing these things that he should know. And I didn't have time to fix it. Didn't do I, anything. <laughs> It's horrifying. <laughs> the future of America, guys. Right there. <laughs> Whale sperm. All right. So uh, before I go into our questions that we posted this week, uh, I want to go into your announcement, and then we'll lead into those. So. All right. So very soon, I haven't set everything up yet, but you will now find me and all of my blood pythons and some naked cat stuff under bloods by design that sounds really dirty <laughs> naked cat stuff you can check out her naked cat stuff on her only fans yeah sure what if I, what if i made that for my cat and did like titty pictures but it was my cat <laughs> <laughs> look i i could tell you now the world is full of fucked up people you'll make some money off that Anyway, so we're going to be uh, Bloods by Design. So Terrell is still going to be Designer Exotics, and he's in California. I'm in Tennessee for business and tax reasons. We just thought it'd probably be easier just to separate ourselves out. So after much, much debate, you know, James, I was throwing, and a million names. Yeah, throwing ideas at James for, what, weeks at this point, and I finally settled on Bloods by Design. So you will see that on Instagram, uh, the Designer Exotics YouTube. If you are following that, we'll switch over to me. I'll take over that. And then um, for right now, I'll still be on the Designer Exotics Instagram page, but eventually be starting and building up my own one. So. And with a name like that, if you pick up one of her bloods to look at it, you have to put your pinky out. It's, it's yes. very right. snooty snakes. <laughs> so, make sure you wear your monocle. I know, so I'm really excited about that. So actually, um, in, when uh, Herp shows come to Memphis, that's going to be my first, my coming out show. That's what I'm going to call it. Um, <laughs> a rainbow flag and everything? Maybe, why not? Um, but that's going to be my first show under the Bloods by Design, so I'm excited about that. As long as i got to get some shit together is what really that means. Like that's a logo at some point. Yeah, it might just be letters right now, and I might evolve later into getting something 
done. I don't know. I haven't decided, but if anybody out there feels like designing a logo, she'll glad to take a look at it. Yes. Yes. Send it my way. <laughs> I don't have an email yet that matches that, but you can send it my way. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be like me and have an email that's at Hotmail and no one has emails at Hotmail anymore. I legit have a Hotmail email. I have a Hotmail and an MSN. Oh, wow. You go, you went way back. <laughs> yeah, I have an MSN. I don't use it. Uh, I, I mean, junk mail still comes to it, but yeah, that was my like, first email was at msn.com. Yeah, my email is a homerec because that's my actual last name. A homewrecker at wait what? Oh, that's terrible. <laughs> For Helmreich is her last name. That it's just it's, name. it's just a very angry German name, and it feels like it wants to lock you in a closet and dump gas on you. Well, no one knows how to say it. Like people ask me and they get stuck up on it a lot. So I'm just like, you know what? We'll just drop this off and y'all don't need to worry about that. <laughs> it's got a very angry ending. So April Justine works much better. Yes. It's Helmreich. Helmreich. <laughs> like it just, <laughs> I feel like I'm on the wrong side of the war when I say it. It just doesn't. It sounds so terrible. But like when people ask me how to say it, I'm like, okay. I'm like, and I, I, Say, I introduce this as this is going to sound terrible, but think of Nazi Germany and the Third Reich. That is how you say my name, Helm Reich. That's when you know there may be something wrong with your name when you have to compare it to Nazi Germany. Well, it just means ruler. That's what it means. So my my name is translated as ruler of helmets. So ruler I don't of know. helmets. Yeah, I don't know exactly what that so means. So wait, wait, that what means your that, that would basically be like uh. You know how, like, on a football team, the worst football player is the water boy, and they are in charge of the water? At some point, you had a a family member that was so bad at fighting in war, they're like, look, your job is just to be in charge of the helmets. You can be the the ruler of helmets. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know, actually. My my family, my dad was kind of, or my grandfather was kind of orphaned, so I really can't go back too far and ask questions because we really don't know. So orphaned by a ruler of helmets. Yeah, yeah. He only could take care of helmets, apparently. Not, Not kids. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> Robert Bowers posted a, uh, a picture of Lord Helmet from uh, Darth Helmet from uh, Spaceballs. Perfect. <laughs> Rick Moranis. I miss Rick Moranis. Seriously, honestly. Man, that ate so much. My goodness. All right. So you have a new business name, and we decided this week we kind of wanted to reach out and ask people about uh, issues they may have had with businesses. I asked two questions. I'm going to do the negative first so we can end on a positive note with this question. The first question was I wanted people to describe a negative experience they've had with a reptile breeder or business, and I didn't ask for any names. I didn't want to put anybody on blast for this. I, uh, I mean, I did, but the better part of me said I probably shouldn't, so I didn't. So let me go through some of these. Um, some of these are things like you hear these kind of stories all the time. Uh, Lavissa Rudlap Ratliff said, I literally just had an experience this past weekend. Oh, is this the one? Okay, I got to read this whole one. This one was insane. All right. I'm a very insane. Yeah. So she bought a leopard gecko off a guy and talked to him for a while about he had egg eaters on his table because uh, he had them priced extremely low. Turns out uh, his pair bred, he didn't have food for them. I don't know how you, I mean, it's eggs. Just gonna, anyways, he didn't have food for them, so he needed them all gone that day, and he didn't want to take any of them home. 
So he bagged up the gecko she bought and some feeders while she looked at an enclosure that she had bought, or she took an enclosure that she had bought out to her car. She came back, got the gecko in the bag and everything. So when she got home, he had put an egg eater in the bag with the gecko. Now, not like in, like it wasn't right next to the geckos and in some container. But uh, she emailed and said that she, uh, he just said that I seem to like it. And he hoped I didn't mind since they couldn't bring any home. So I, I told him I very much minded, and there was a reason I'd never gotten one, and asked if he could take it back. No response. After six-plus hours of research, I finally found finch eggs for it. Uh, I mean, for a free snake, I shouldn't be complaining, but that's a huge responsibility to throw on someone, especially when their food is so specific, hard to find. That's insane. As someone like you get home, and all of a sudden, it's, it's, it'd be one thing if you'd talk to her, and she was like, wanting to breed leopard geckos, and he threw in an extra leopard gecko. Right. She was like, I can't afford it today or whatever. And you threw it in. But you threw in a completely different species that she had no plans on actually keeping. That's insane. That's not a good experience. I know some people are like, I would love a free snake. I'd love certain free snakes, but I don't want random ass hard snakes to take care of. And it's not even that they're necessarily hard to take care of. But what if you don't have a cage for it? And if that wasn't in your budget to buy another cage for this animal. Like that's that's just putting someone out like it's very irresponsible like their hardship they just put right on someone else and that's yeah. not okay that's a bad breeder because obviously that breeder doesn't actually care about the life of that snake because he snuck it in there it could, what if he, he does that to somebody else is like screw this and they just throw it out put it outside where i'm not wanting like benefit of the doubt that he wasn't not caring about the snake but he cared about it enough knowing that he was probably going to kill it and hoping that this person would do better by it but I still don't agree with that tactic. But I'm just saying, benefit of the doubt, he, it's not that he didn't care about them. He just was in a bad spot. I don't know. Robert said that sounds like a flipper who bought something cheap and was just trying to get rid of it. I agree that that easily could have happened. They bought a, a litter of or a clutch of whatever, and they realized they could do it. Very possible. Either way, it's messed up. Uh, Ashley Howdy from uh, from focus cube because we keep talking about focus cube every week yeah uh, uh, she said she said she uh oops click something oh an exanthic water monitor arrived malnourished dehydrated and cold and blind uh was supposed to be the breeder's work but later found out it was just a farmed animal three of uh, the four red-eyed croc skinks in the same shipment died within 48 hours three thousand dollar vet bill three thousand dollars in vet bills later over a few years the monitor is still blind but fat and happy so a, a somewhat happy ending but i mean damn i know man i, I, I blind too i was like it's one thing to be malnourished and stuff i mean not saying that's acceptable it's not but that's a more common thing and then to hear oh yeah i was blind too it's like geez yeah I just, I can't imagine. I'm paranoid about sending a snake to somebody that's only eaten four meals and not five meals. I know. <laughs> and, and this guy's over here like, screw it. Send this sick-ass animal to this person. It either dies or they take care of it. Oh. Uh, Ish posted, shoddy communication. Animals were fed before they were supposed to be shipped on two separate occasions. That's messed up. I don't ship it. I, that's why I only ship on Tuesday, Wednesdays. And I tend to feed on Wednesday nights for babies. That way they, they haven't eaten since Wednesday night. If I ship out the following Tuesday, they, they've already pooped and everything. Uh, but he said- It's a little bit different because they, they hold on to their poo, but I definitely give them at least 48 hours. 
ideally 72 hours between their feeding. Well, yeah, yours is to digestion so they don't throw back up. Yeah, basically. Yeah. They're not but, pooping. <laughs> yeah, they're holding on to that poop for a while. Uh, so said animals were shipped in deli cups that were too large, as well as a box that was way too large and not packed correctly. Um, this was several years ago. Uh, it just, I don't know. It's, it does still amaze me in 2020 with this many videos out there on how to package an animal properly to ship it out. That, Maybe I should make a video about that and do it. Well, there's tons of them. Tons of them. There's not one on my channel, so maybe I should make one. <laughs> you should do it. You should go ahead and do it. This is how you tell them, look, this is how you do bloods. And if anyone else tells you different, they're dumb. Yeah, I'll say that exactly. <laughs> Darren Watson says he keeps extra setups ready. Good for you, Darren. I don't have that kind of space. Or I don't think ahead. I mean, I always have like a shoebox. <laughs> I guess at this point, I probably... I probably do have enough random shit to set up in anything small. I don't have, I can't set up something big. So like if someone were to go, here's something big, I'd be screwed because I don't have any of that. My big stuff, I was already in the big stuff. James, at the Herp shows, do you see people that have starter colonies of morning geckos? I don't know. I don't look for them <laughs> because I, I don't, so I'll, Two things. A lot of times I'm behind the table for most of the day and I don't look around. And then two, years and years of going to expos, I've honed my eyes just to look for the shit that I'm interested in. And honestly, anything else could be there. I'd look right past it if it's not what I'm looking for, which sure. sucks. I, I probably should slow down and actually look at everything. Um, but man, like I normally, before the show opens, I can do the whole show in about 15 minutes just to walk through just to see what's there. And then I don't look at everything else. I'm sure. I would imagine. I have I have a, a tank that would be perfect size for a small morning gecko colony. And um, I'm going to make it bioactive, so I'm going to need some bugs from you and for you to kind of teach me how to do that. I can help you there. <laughs> I got some plants, some cheap plants, and if they die, that's fine, but they're succulent-ish, so maybe they'll work. And then I'm going to get some um, some pothos and put that in there. And then I just need to get a light, so it's a, in a pretty dark room so i actually need a light so the plants and everything live but i thought that would be really cool to have a little gecko colony because you know that would like be. and those ones are really awesome they're kind of like plain looking sure but i mean all females can still have babies that's fucking cool <laughs> just walk in and randomly have babies which is kind of cool they might escape though because it's one of those like exoterras i think or like zoomed or whatever where it pulls open in the front like the one that's behind you there, um, but much smaller. No, other side. Yeah, there. <laughs> like that. So I think some of the holes there might actually be too big for but, little babies. But most – did it have a little thing where, like, it slides so you can shut it or open it? Uh, what? So you're talking about the holes that are right here along the, the edge of oh, the like, door, right? No, like the, I wasn't. Just even, even the hinges of the uh, – yeah, it's just too, I mean, they're tiny little babies, so they can get out. But hey, I'm going to try it, and maybe I'll just have a colony of geckos in my house. I don't know. That's fine by me. There you go. You can be like those people that have fucking toke geckos living in their house. Yeah. Sorry, <laughs> that, I, could, I couldn't do that. Like, I've heard stories of people, like, they go down, they open the refrigerator, and the light from the refrigerator hits it, and the toke just starts, like, screaming at them. Oh, God. That wouldn't, I'd shit myself. I like, get in there. <laughs> Oh, that's funny though. Oh, oh good stuff. Uh, 
Travis Wyman story, which is a common story. Here we go. 27.5 weeks. How many months is that? I don't want to do math. Four, four weeks a month. Almost eight. Or almost seven. Sure. I'll take your word. Uh, so almost seven months to receive an order when the website promptly said the lead time was 10 to 12 weeks. No communication during the entire time, despite numerous emails and calls. Uh, when they finally did email him, the order was shipping. Uh, that his order was shipping. The excuse was the exact same they had given him for a previous order. Um, I, I think most people listening, it's obviously a cage that he ordered, and most people—that's not obvious. What he said, lead time. No one has a lead time on snakes. You never know. <laughs> no one's ever like my lead time on snakes is whenever the fuck they have them and then they eat. That's the lead time. Uh, I'm not going to say the name of the company, but I think everybody can pretty much figure out which cage company takes four forevers to get a cage to you. Oh, there you go. Oh, I'm here. Hi. Hi. Did you not hear me? I mean, I'm sure your rant was beautiful. <laughs> it was. I, I didn't name the cage company, but everybody knows the cage company. Uh, and at this point, I don't know as far as cages, but if you need a rack, don't order from them. Order from Robert over at Lone Star Reptile Racks. He'll get it to you faster than, you know, over oh, almost a year. <laughs> I mean, what? It, that's, that's the whole thing, that whole process. I don't plan that far. I guess sometimes I do, but man, I don't plan eight months out if I need a cage. Yeah. Yeah, Terrell's actually um, in the process of changing out all his cages to that, that company. Um, but... He's replacing what he already has. So it's not like he needs it for growing up of animals or, you know, so he ha can wait and it's okay. It's, you know, not a big deal. Yeah. Uh, he also is fully aware, but um, he also had issues where he paid, I think, half of the deposit and also had no communication and then paid the full amount and still had no communication. It was like, what the heck? Like, it'd be one thing if they just, you know, give updates and said hey that's going to be a little bit longer you know then people are more understanding to it but i mean it's still it's i just long. don't don't get it it's it's cnc cut plastic so machines cutting the shit for you yeah. you sell a million of pretty much the same size cage so you can have it cut ahead of time and i, and I know someone's listening around going well you don't understand yada. you're right i don't it seems like you should be able to do it faster more importantly, Robert said his lead time right now in racks is three to four weeks. So, again, if anybody wants a rack, and if you're going to hit up any of these shows, the Herb Shows, talk to them ahead of time. You can get your rack at the Herb Shows. You can go there, fondle it in person, check it out. Uh, so, yeah, that was Travis's. That's a common story I've heard about that company. Again, I don't know for sure what company it is, <laughs> but we know. But if we could guess. <laughs> Dominic Carboneau said being sold animals advertises something they are not finding out later they are not the actual breeder tracking down the breeder confirming it and being told the animal is still worth what you paid for or some load of bs animal's still worth i don't know that, that does suck just being lied to in general by by a breeder um well a breeder if you if you didn't breed it but you're selling it just tell the person you didn't breed it but you're selling it like that's yeah. There's no, no, no one's going to get upset. If they get upset, tell them to shove it. But You know what really grinds my gears? What grinds your gears? <laughs> so a long time ago, like six or seven years ago, I 
was interested in buying a trio of bloods because they look super red in the pictures. But there's this editing thing that people do and it's called saturation. Oh yeah. And they oversaturated the damn pictures and I got the snakes and they just look like normal brown blase animals and yeah it was very disappointing uh oh looking at some of the comments so robert said he can only imagine what the volume must be for that company to be that far out uh, robert i'm sure it's a large volume but they're not building the cages they're shipping them flat packed so mm-hmm. so i mean if it's a flat pack cage flat packed cage all they're doing is cutting the shit and throwing the hardware in there and going like that doesn't seem like that should take that long. Uh, you know. I mean, I know that it shouldn't take that long. <laughs> I, do, I do know that much. Um, Stephen Livingston said he had the same issue with the same type of company. Probably the same fucking company. But uh, I just I feel like that company is living purely off its name and being like the number one in cages. And I just wish someone would come along and, you know, well, screw you. Here's more cages and I can do it faster. But, Robert. Yeah, well, no, Robert's doing racks. I don't blame him. Like, it's, I know that the process of going from rack to cages is different. Like, he'd have to change his whole setup just to be able to do cages and then go back to the other setup just to do racks. And I get it. But when you're, like, I, I guess I don't understand how big their, maybe their company's not as big as I think it is. Yeah, that's possible. That's very possible. And maybe, there's logistic reasons as to not get getting more help or something. Maybe. Maybe. We just don't know. So I'm, I guess I'm only going to partially be a dick about this, not a full dick about it. But. Talk you off the edge of full dick. Whoa. That's... <laughs> what in the world? That sounded so terrible. <laughs> wow. I'm embarrassed for that. I didn't even mean or, to make sense. You stay. <laughs> I'm staying away from full dick. I can tell you that right now. Uh, um, our buddy Riley said uh, he has too many to get into. He'll just get fired up and pissed off. People suck and are super disrespectful to everyone else, but expect respect without earning it. 1% of people are cool, legit, respectful human beings. The rest are trash. I'm not going to disagree with that because uh, I constantly constantly say humans suck. Um, not all. Obviously, uh, if I talk to you on a regular basis or if I talk to you at all for more than five minutes, I probably don't think you suck. But uh, if I just say hi to you and keep walking, yeah, you're probably one of those ones I think that sucks. You don't have to ask. Just just assume it. What's the uh, next one? While well, I put this in the freezer. <laughs> uh, the next one. Well, let me read comments real quick. Robert says, racks, incubators, display cases, and some dry goods. So... No cages. He says, well, he may not, uh, he doesn't think he'll do cages for any time in the near future. So I don't blame him. I know that the time it goes into that. But again, I think if Robert's doing cages, he would be doing assembled cages. And there's a certain company making non assembled cages. So, anyways, the next one. Jesus Christ. Okay. Does that mean it's a long one? <laughs> oh my God. All right. No, no offense, Reggie, but you wrote uh, a book here novel oh okay i do remember this one so he bought a trio of boas from belgium said to be healthy and in great condition was told one was a bird feeder but otherwise all good they arrived all underweight one particular looked close to death skin and bones like you wouldn't believe he was worried he was going to break bones just by picking it up all you could see was the ribs and the head was far too big for the body 
Uh, when I spoke to the seller, she said, yeah, they just didn't eat properly. That's it. Which, in that case, like, that's something you should have probably said beforehand before you sent it out. And they said they all ate for him straight away, but unfortunately, the worst girl lasts just six months. Uh, the other two are still with him, and they remain small, even for their species. They also uh, known for having a slow metabolism, often eating one meal item a month. But the longest they can leave between meals is two weeks before their weight starts to drop. Unfortunately, they are not thriving, but they are regularly uh, they eat regularly and have a good sized naturalistic enclosure and somewhere to look after them. Now they've had very they've had very check that must be vet checkups and all healthy considering just suffering from previous treatment or lack of. Uh, yeah, that's messed up. Like, I, I, I just I can't imagine selling a sick animal knowing it's a sick animal yeah no i'm trying to read the comments uh steven said the problem is people keep buying so they won't change until we oh it's the cages i think yeah by the way i'm about to order more so i have them before next year's breeding season yeah that's it's a ridiculous to have to order it that far in advance for next year's breeding season but if you need a rack, you can just go ahead and order it from Robert and get it to you in about a month. I'm just saying, if you need a rack. Oh, this one was crazy. Did you, did you read the one from Lori? Maybe. What was it about? About the being packed in an envelope? Yes. Yes, I did. <laughs> again, it still amazes me that people don't know how to ship reptiles. Well, I guess I'll take that. It's not that they don't know how to ship reptiles. It's that they're willing to ship reptiles while not giving a damn about shipping reptiles. Yeah. So... In November of 2019, the seller shipped two corn snakes to her by putting the box in a FedEx flat mailing envelope and leaving it on the counter of a Kinko's FedEx, not labeled live animals, didn't notify FedEx it contained reptiles, sent her an invalid tracking number. The snakes took four days to get there. Not only were they shipped in a legal manner, but FedEx misplaced the envelope in transit. No way. FedEx misplaced something. The seller wasn't concerned, and it was clear he had done this before. Had she had to open an investigation and was calling FedEx every two hours for days, wasn't sleeping. When I finally was told the box was located at the Colorado Springs airport, uh, her husband drove there in the middle of the night and got some night worker to let him search for the box and all the stuff. Uh, was shocked and relieved that both snakes were still alive. It took a while to get established. They regurgitated a couple of meals and were undersized. Both are doing well now, almost a year later. Uh, she does have a photo on here of the improperly mailed box and it's it's a box inside of an envelope and you know, so if anybody has never shipped before uh if you're going to ship you, you drop it off at a hub is your best bet so find your closest hub and take it there just because it says fedex on the building doesn't make it a hub especially if it says fedex kinkos it's not a hub <laughs> so find the hub go there drop it off get a receipt i never drop off a snake without getting a receipt you can go if you go into a hub you will see people walking in and out just dropping off packages and leaving and they can do that without if you're not going to get a receipt but get your receipt and make sure that it's in a properly packaged box i strongly suggest reptiles to you contact debbie she'll get you set up with all the kits and everything you need to ship reptiles properly and if your reptile gets lost like this one did she will hunt it down and make sure it gets to you and it won't take four days i can promise you so if you're going to ship do it right. If you don't know how to ship, don't sell an animal. And someone tells you, well, I live five states away. Can you ship it? And go, sure. And then just mail it the way you want to mail it without doing it properly. Because I think a lot of people do that. They 
they realize that someone has money in hand and they go, Ooh, if I don't ship this to them, I don't get that money. Well, then you don't get that money, but it's better than putting the damn snake in a envelope. Oh, Robert's leaving. He's got to go. It's it's their that's right. It's his. It's their anniversary. He and his wife's anniversary. Bye, Robert. Have fun. Congrats, Robert. Have some fun time tonight. Make sure the kids go to sleep early. Yep. Uh. Oh, and Lori had another one. <laughs> okay, Lori, you may have to be more careful with who you order snakes from. Uh, <laughs> she paid for a Russian rat snake, and then the seller stopped communicating with her. She didn't hear from uh hear from him for eight days. Uh, he didn't respond to emails or return phone messages. After eight days, she got a text from FedEx saying the package was there being held for pickup. She drove there. It was the snake. The seller had shipped it without notifying her, providing any tracking number or any of that. Um, the snake's fine, healthy, but now over a year later, it's clearly not a Russian rat snake. Instead, it's turning black. It's getting lighter. and Instead of turning black, it's getting lighter and lighter, turning yellowish. And she says it's probably a Korean rat snake. You could show me both of those, and I have no fucking clue which one. I, I mean... I'm glad she knows. It's interesting that my only two negative experiences were with colubrid people. All of my experiences with Morelia breeders have gone very smoothly, and that's what we have most of. So she has a lot of uh, Morelia. But that's also because she is ordering from the core Morelia people. Like, yep. that happens when you're ordering from, you know, Owen or Eric or, or Nick or like that's the core Morelia people. That's not, you're going to get good service. Um, but yes, those are all of our negative ones, which I thought was crazy. I don't. All right, so I do have a boa right now that I'm not 100% sure is a female. I told you about that one. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think so, every boa person is making fun of you at this point because aren't they supposed to be easy to sex? Well, it is. And it's sexing as a male, but I bought it as a female. So I'm going to take it with me to one of the, the next Herb shows and have like two or three other people sex it so that I know I'm not crazy. And then I'm going to contact the breeder. But I don't think it's going to be a negative thing because the breeder seemed very much like we can fix this if, I, if he was wrong. So we'll fix it if he's wrong. So I don't think that's going to be negative. Um, I did buy a Hog Island boa once as a female. Definitely turned out to be a male. Um, years later when I found out it was a male, that pissed me off. But that was way early on, and I didn't know about palpating, and I hadn't really probed anything by that point. Uh, but I don't – I tend to be very careful with who I, I get snakes from. Now, with yeah. that said, the rubber boas, I was pretty much just like, fuck it. I'll buy whatever rubber boas I find online. And uh, they all came in healthy, and, and they're not great feeders right now, but it's late in the year, and rubber boas are a bitch to feed this time of year just because they naturally don't want to eat. Uh, oh, no. April's face froze, and there we go. Your face froze, and it looked like you were falling asleep. But, uh... Oh, I'm back. But the, the one pair of herbos was shipped inside of a, a filter box, like a fish filter box, and taped together. It wasn't like a reptile. It, it, it was a shoddy job, but they got here alive, so I can't complain too much, and they were what was I was promised. So, that was good. So, I don't really. Do you have any besides your saturated snakes? Anything? Uh, super anything real bad? Um, I don't really think I've had anything really bad besides besides uh, not really getting what you thought you were getting because people altered pictures. That's it. Yeah, like I said, I'm usually pretty picky. Like with Samboas, 
I've pretty much bought from breeders that I've heard of and other people have talked about and that I've talked to them here or there. Although I do have a, a I'm waiting for a sink to eat like two more times and then I will be buying a new Samboa. Um, yeah. from, from a breeder that I've never bought from or talked to before this snake. I was, so I always make fun of the people that whenever I post a litter and then I get a message like five, five minutes, how much are they? I'm like, dude, they haven't even eaten yet. I was that dude <laughs> a couple of months ago, but it had to be. The guy had a litter and it had exactly what I wanted in it. And there's only one in the picture. And I'm like, I've got to contact this guy. Just find out how much it's going to be and if he's going to sell it. And I found out how much it was going to be and he was going to sell it. And so since the day it was born, my name has been been on that snake. I'm getting that snake, so. Awesome. That would be fun. I'm excited. So now for, now for the positives. Because we have plenty of negatives. And on the positives, so here's the question. It says, describe a positive experience you've had with a reptile breeder slash business. And please do tell us the breeder business. I would gladly tell positive names out there so we're not just destroying people's livelihoods uh travis said like riley i'm not sure i can list them all i have built a lot of solid relationships with people in this community even without making purchases from them just from chats that have happened a short and certainly incomplete list is Derek roddy dale porcher porsche i don't i'm in louisiana so it could be porsche or porcher uh eric and owen nicole tam joe nick uh brandon fowler casey cannon and warren so that's a pretty good list. Yeah, Joe Phelan, Nick Mutton, Warren Booth, in case, anybody, in case anybody else is on a first-name basis with some of those people. So, uh, Nail said, Curious Creatures in Chicago and Wizard Lizard in Florida. That's a fun name. I do like that name. <laughs> Wizard Lizard? Uh, I just, I, I, I gotta look at, okay, now I gotta go see if they have a, a logo, because I'm just hoping that it's really cool. Wizard Lizard. I'm afraid of what I might find if I just type in Wizard Lizard. I did not find them. Maybe I need to type it into Facebook. Wizard Lizard. Do, 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 do. Lizard. <laughs> There's Lizard Wizard. I think that's what they meant. Lizard Wizard. There's Lizard Wizard Reptiles, not Wizard Lizard. Uh, it's an okay. I get it. It's, I was expecting more. You're disappointed. I am. I was, I was expecting something with a really cool wizard, and then it's not a really cool wizard. Like, like Merlin with geckos all over him. It was oh, not that. You, but they have great customer service, so. Because, uh, they got their lychees from Curious Creatures, and they allowed them to come visit as often as he wanted to, held them for a while. Uh, uh, held him for a while while he traveled before picking him up. They also let him meet the parents of the, of the lizard beforehand so you kind of get an idea of what they were like. Um, they're just so wonderful and caring for all the reptiles. And then Lizard Wizard, okay, he, he fixes it the second time around. Lizard Wizard has provided a ton of space to ask questions about his collection, especially isopods, and learn some tips, considerations as he got into crusty breeding. Plus, keeps me updated on products that might be useful for my bioactive tanks. It's just clear and open channel for communication with both that has made my experience positive with them. Uh, so that's more than one experience, but really wanted to name both of them. That's good. That's, communication is really, as we read these, communication is pretty much the number one thing. As long as the person communicates, everyone loves them. Yep. Um, 
I mean, I, as long as your communication isn't, hey, you suck, I sent you something crappy, it's your problem. That's probably not the right communication. Uh, Darren says it's sad the negative comments outweigh the positive so much. He's quite sure more people have positive experiences than negative. Uh, with that being said, he has two very positive experiences when purchasing animals, purchasing animals online. Both breeders answered his questions uh, prior to the purchase as well as sent updated pictures. That's another thing. Um, if I don't know, I've been on both sides. I've been willing, I'm always willing to send pictures, but like sometimes I feel people just at, they, they just instinctively ask for pictures when it's not necessary. Like sometimes with my, my, my Samboas, I get a pretty good picture of the whole thing. A picture from the left side and the right side's pretty much going to look the same. It's, it's, it's just, <laughs> right? a, it's just a Samboa. Like it says, in, there's not like an outline of a dragon on the other side of it that I'm just not showing you. Right. I try to do like outdoor light, indoor light, but sometimes they're just wiggly babies. So it's really hard to, to get all that different looking pictures, you know, well, and then they want parent pictures, totally understandable. So I try to already have those prepared. Well, and then like, can you hear my dog whining in the background? Can you hear my cat purring? No. So we're no, good. I can't hear your dog. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> good. Uh, yeah. I just, I don't know. I, I get the, the want for pictures if it's like a pattern thing you're looking for, for a certain thing that has a pattern mutation. But when it's just a normal Kenyan Samboa, it, I'm telling you, the other side looks just like a normal Kenyan Samboa. Like, can you get a picture of the head? It looks, I mean, you can see the head. It looks like, it's, I don't know what they expect. But if they're not willing to send send pictures, that could be a red flag. So I could be, a, you could have a red flag against me sometimes, I guess. Uh, even received pictures of the parents. Both breeders also reached out to let them know that the package has just been shipped. I always do that. Uh, whoever's shipping to you should tell you they shipped it out. I always ask someone's email too, and then put that email on the tracking info. Yeah, so that works too. Right away. Uh, the two times they should most definitely contact you when they ship it out, and then, well, I tell you back. The second time you need to contact them as soon as you have it. Contact the person that shipped it to you, and tell them that you got it and it's healthy and it's alive. Because that's my first. And like the next morning after I've shipped out four or five packages, I'm like, all right, guys, start sending me some messages so that I know they all made it. Uh, once i was stuck at work and they shipped it to the hub so it was all climate control and good but i couldn't get to it till after work and because i was so busy i was also not on my phone so i really worried some people and i felt really terrible yeah i'm, I'm a big proponent of always shipping from a hub and always shipping to a hub yeah especially when the weather is like borderline weird you know or you're coming out of really cold weather or you're coming yeah. out of really hot weather well, normally they're shipping during the week and I work during the week. There's no way I want someone dropping a snake off on my doorstep and leaving it. Right. It's going to roast. So, uh, or someone just kind of steals it or so anything. Or so, kick it the road because they see that it's a live reptile. True. Uh, Darren said the two breeders are Justin of Incrediballs, formerly known as Revved Up Reptiles, and Steve from Reptilis Herbs. Reptilis Herbs? Uh, reptil yep, Reptilis. It's what? Reptilis? Reptilis herbs. 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 H-E-R-B. It's all one word. It should be herbs. Reptilis herbs. That makes way more sense. <laughs> I like, like the snakes. Because I just thought this was someone who like, they breed snakes and grow weed, which definitely could be possible. Oh, he 
he doesn't. <laughs> oh, but that's Steve Tillis. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Then I know that. Okay. <laughs> that makes way more sense. There you go. God, Darren. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, he's awesome. I got Jack from him, actually. My my prized T negative I got from him. My ivory as well. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. uh, Reggie, his positive is a way shorter story, so it's easier. When breeders are always there offering you service and advice po uh, post-sale, this is something he's adopted and always tries to go the extra mile. So he doesn't have a story. It's just good advice, which is good advice. I mean, That's like when it comes like you get what you pay for. When people are like, well this person is charging 150 this person's only charging 70 but the one i mean maybe this isn't true but you get what you pay for in the fact that you will get you know that customer service post buying the animal and post getting the animal once that animal's in your hands that sale is not over that relationship you have with the breeder isn't over and it continues yeah i always tell folks any questions please shoot me an email shoot me a message mm -hmm. on facebook right away um and i can brainstorm and figure out what's going on yeah I, I can't help you unless you tell me there's an issue but i promise if you tell me there's an issue i can help you yeah that's why i love matt turner so much because i bought my most expensive snake happened to be from him and it wouldn't eat for me for weeks upon weeks it wouldn't eat and so i was like sorry matt normally i'm not this person but this was a really expensive snake so i turned <laughs> into that person uh what do i do <laughs> so yeah he's good now he's like one of my main breeders uh He's the one that made the T negative 007. So he's Justice, my golden eye. Beautiful. Cool. <laughs> uh, Riley said there's too many to re recollect. Uh, recollect. Uh, I love working with my Morelia family. I rarely buy snakes these days, but my Morelia family always delivers with epic quality, excellent animals. The 1% of good reptile people will fill my life with ex uh, extensive positive experiences. Like when a family comes in with their kids and leaves with a baby snake, a super positive experience. That's the best. Well, yeah, and Riley now gets to experience that on a daily basis. He's now selling to the public at a public location. So he's going to get to be that connection with reptiles that uh, maybe the first connection with reptiles some people have because they drive by the shop and go, what is this? And they go in. And so I am kind of jealous of Riley of that. that. That's an awesome thing to get to do on a daily basis. We should go visit him. Yeah, but it's in California. So? I'm not in California. Okay, when shows start like coming back up in California, we should visit him. So we have two purposes. That's a true. And to visit Riley. But and he's up north, and the reptile shows that I like are down south. So that's like 10 hour difference. I'm gonna say that's the problem with California. It's like, it's not like <laughs> north and south of like Tennessee where you can do it in three hours. <laughs> right. That's uh, a long trip. <laughs> but yeah, they do a Sacramento show, and that would be closer to him. See, that's, that would be like the, the equivalent of saying, yes, well, this is on East Tennessee, and this is in West Tennessee. Okay, that's a long drive. Whereas, like, if it's North Tennessee and South Tennessee, you can throw a rock. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, California is a, is a long state. You are right. Uh, Lori Terrine said, all of my good experiences share common traits, honesty, good communication, follow-through, healthy animals arriving as described, and proper shipping. In no particular order, rogue reptiles, rad reptiles, Mark Goyer, inland reptile. Jesus Christ, Lori. Okay, hold on. It's a long list. Although I do, I do know most of these. Uh, most, of these most of these have a podcast. Uh, uh, Palmetto Coast Exotics, Andy Watson, Rage Beard Reptiles, Snake Discovery, Martin Roseman, Silent Hill Reptiles, Port City Python. I've heard of this. Port City Python and Port City mm -hmm. Pet. 
Interesting. I've heard of them before, but I'm not sure who it is. Uh, Nerd, Cutting Edge Herps. Cutting Edge Herps has been around for forever. Uh, Greg Heim, I think. E.B. Morelia. Uh, Tierra de Morelia. I don't know that one. Ralph Polinski of Midwest Serpentarium. Riley's Reptiles. I've heard of that one before. Australian Addiction Reptiles. Reach Out Reptiles. Stephen Katz. Ultraviolet Reptiles. TSK. God, Lori, you got to quit ordering snakes. Keith Basilico. Matthew Most. Thankfully, my blacklist is much shorter. That's, That's good. good. If it was longer, you'd have to have uh, uh, a break in between reading it. Let uh, me take water. My throat's dry. <laughs> but with that, a lot of those names, I do know a lot of those names. They've been in uh, hobby, some of them for a while, especially like Inland Reptiles. If anybody doesn't know Inland Reptiles is Nick Mutton. We mentioned Nick Mutton a lot because my, my Brettles Python over there is from Nick Mutton. Maybe Nick will want to come on and bullshit with us for a while. I hear he likes to talk a lot. Yep. So, so. maybe he'll want to bullshit with us. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to talk to Nick because uh, I, I do I do love my Brettles. I need to hold my Brettles more often. She eats like a champ. It's awesome. Let's try to eat you. She's not that bad once I get her out. Like she's not really. She only struck once. When I get her out, she's pretty good. But I'm always like, I don't know. I still got in my head. I'm like, I don't know her well enough, and she could bite me at any fucking moment because I don't actually know how. Everybody's like, brittles are great and they're calm. I'm like, I'm sure they are, but I'm gonna have the one that likes to bite. I just know it. That's gonna be my odds. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Robert says. Robert Powers, our buddy Robert says he's purchased several snakes from KDF Reptiles, Snake Eyes Exotics, and SMS Morphs. I know all these because, like he says here, uh, they're at the Herp Shows. He says they all produce amazing animals that are healthy, eat, shed like they are supposed to, and they're always top quality. I can agree. I mean, they are ball pythons, but they are very high-quality ball pythons. Uh, I was actually next to Snake Eyes Exotics at their table at the last show at Conroe. I'm always next to their show at their table at Conroe. Huh? They're in Arkansas. My buddy goes and helps them out. Yes, they have amazing stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, Really nice. I mean, enough. That's why that show was where I was like, hey, what do you think would happen if I got a ball python? Because I was sitting there staring at their ball pythons the whole show. I was like, that's really cool looking. I want to bring D with me because we got that one ball python and he actually really likes it. And then I sent him pictures of like bougie ass py- like ball pythons, like <laughs> real expensive ones. That I'm like, this is really cool, right? He's like, yeah. How much is that? I'm like, oh lord, don't ask me how much that's. that's don't ask for prices. Stop that. <laughs> but you don't want to know how much it was. Like a twelve hundred dollar ball python. I'm like, you know, you should come with me one time and, and see what actually is out there and, and see what you like, and then we'll see if we we uh, buy another one. See if you can't afford it. Take out a loan. He can afford it. <laughs> he can buy it. <laughs> nice. You should be like, you should buy me this thing. How much does it cost? Just give me the credit card. Yeah, that's no problem. No Tr- problem. Trust me, you want me to have this snake. <laughs> um, It'd be a great science project, wouldn't it? If you do a breeding snake science project. Yeah. yeah, have at it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that was that for that question. I have to sneeze and I'm waiting for it to. I do. Oh, thank you. So, uh, I have some news that I have to tell you. Uh oh, you're I pregnant. Know. It's actually really bad. No, it's not that. <laughs> I love that. You're pregnant. It's actually really bad. So you're pregnant. 
<laughs> no, it's like, that's not it. But, um, but you know how I told you that I have been having trouble getting some of my Sumatran shorttails to eat? Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. And that a good two thirds of them had like a disfigured mouth and everything. Yeah. They had a weak overbite. Like one of them almost looked like they had like a bone spur coming out of the bottom jaw. It was really weird. Um, but any... Anyway, they did not make it, and neither did that. Remember that little runt of a Borneo that kept trying to bite my hand? Yeah. That one did not make it either. So. That sucks. I've got a couple of Samboas that I know are not going to make it. I've got probably three that are going to end up starving to death. Yeah. Um, but I, I refuse to force feed an animal. I did have um, two this past feeding. Again, these things are like two or three months old now. But I had two this past feeding that finally decided, hey – this whole eat, not eating thing sucks, and they took a pinky. So, I, have got, I thought about making a video of me having to do an assist feed that actually really is it's like a force feeding, but I'm not sure if people would take that and then use it improperly. And I'm not talking even like PETA and stuff like that, I'm talking about the 15 year old boy that got a carpet python that didn't eat and he needs to assist feed it. And he uses my video. You know, I'm, I'm like, kind of like, Oh, like okay. you should have out there, but I'm so afraid. So there's two ways to look at it. There's that way being afraid that they look at it and, uh, and then they try it and they end up hurting the snake. There is that fear. There's the other way, which is you don't do it. They still try to do it. They got bad information from somewhere else and they hurt the snake. Yeah. So I mean, I mean, because it looks really brutal. Like honestly, like when you do it, it's I mean, it's rough force feeding a snake. For my pythons, like they are wiggly. They try to do alligator rolls, and I literally have to keep keep at it until they get so tired that they don't fight me anymore to try to like push it out of their mouth. And then they'll stop, and it'll be in their mouth right here, and they'll stop for a while, and then they're just so tired and so exhausted from fighting me. And then after they bounce back, they end up eating it i don't know why they don't push it back out the other way but they eat it so i'm like okay but it's a long like half an hour process of me basically being unbelievably patient waiting for the snake to get tired of thrusting and twisting and being all crazy i mean i would i would maybe suggest doing it maybe you can do like a uh you can fast forward you can do a steady cam on it and then you can fast forward the the long segment of them when it's really nothing happening and then show the actual process and then fast forward them swallowing it um, okay. I think it would be a good idea. I, I think positive information out there is always good, but I truly, I, I definitely understand the fear of someone taking it the wrong way and using yeah. it the wrong way. And it's just, like I said, it's so brutal looking too, that if it gets into the wrong hands, it really, it could be an issue really. Cause it just, it doesn't, it's not a good look. Yeah. She's, <laughs> ball sack on ball sack crime i know uh oh. rob christian said people go crazy when their steaks don't eat for a week that's 100 percent true uh i've had so many right it doesn't eat for a week and then they're force feeding it that is not the intent yeah that's <laughs> yeah I, i'll give people oh I, I i've said it before like you know i can't get a mouse till wednesday and i normally feed them on sunday oh then feed them okay. on wednesday i don't know right. to, i mean you're not talking like wednesday of like next year or sometime are you like it's that Wednesday, you're good. Yeah. Even if it was Wednesday a month later, you're good. <laughs> it's a snake. My rat guy ended up having um, a flood occur, and he lost a good amount of his feeders. 
So he's having to like rebuild up, rebuild everything up. But he's one of the only people in that Memphis area in like the greater like four hours around him. Um, and he was telling me how some people are so stuck on having that schedule and making sure they eat. And it's mostly ball python people that also do 10% of the animals. Yeah, they weigh the shit. Which is nuts to me. I had no idea that people did that. <laughs> but it's a thing. And okay, that's fine if that's what you want to do. But they would... They, they weren't working with him and trying to help him build his stock back up. Instead of getting like a medium, they would get then two smalls or something like that to like make up for the weight. But it's like, you're not helping him at all try to get his stock back up, you know? Yeah. But that's I, all. That drives me. I just want to hit real quick on what Darren said. Darren said he still doesn't feel comfortable enough to assist feeding, to assist feed an animal. And, and I fully understand that. And that's definitely, I think in your video, if at any point you don't feel comfortable, don't Stop. do it. Yeah. Like don't don't force feed something or assist feed something, and the whole time you're forcing yourself to assist feed it, because then yeah, you're probably gonna hurt. I mean, you can definitely hurt your snake assist yeah. feeding it. Yep, absolutely. I mean, there, there's damage that can be done. You you can't just shove stuff down. You can't be like, oh, its throat is just a tube. I'll just shove it down there. It'll be fine. You gotta be careful, uh, Trace. Tracy thought it would be a good idea for the video. I think it would. I think it's positive information. You just put a lot of uh, a lot of disclaimers in it. So look, All right. so maybe in like a month or so, because I am going to be gone for every single weekend until after that reptile show. <laughs> um, oh, there was something I want to touch back on. I can't remember what it was. Oh wait, oh the weighing shit. Uh, oh, that's insane. Like I, I, I want to say like you know maybe for the big breeders where it's money and they have to. But even then, I feel like I don't, and I could be wrong, but I don't think Justin Kabilka's weighing out a small rat to go, I should feed it to this one, not this one. No. Like, I, I think, I say it all the time, and it's definitely, it's definitely starts, starts from ball python people. People freak out too much about weight. Uh, you need to more learn what a healthy snake looks like. Whatever the species is that you're working with, Learn what a healthy one of those looks like, and that's all you need to aim for. Don't don't aim for weight. You know, like I like a file snake. Okay, if, I've seen you know if you've ever seen a file snake, they don't look the way you're used to snakes looking because right. they're they're triangular shaped and they have that backbone. Really, like they're they're not a boa, they're not a ball python, right? So if you're gonna do a file snake, understand the way it looks and feed it that way. If you're gonna do a ball python, understand how it should look and feed it that way. People always ask me, you know, how much will ask me how much I got uh, any of my Samboas weigh. I have no fucking clue how much they weigh. The only reason I've ever weighed a baby Samboa was this year when I had a litter that was twice the size of a normal baby. I was like, all right, I just got to figure out how much this thing weighs. Yeah, how much bigger these are. <laughs> but it was literally twice the size. But uh, which is crazy because, like, I've, I still got some of that litter left and they've been feeding very well and they're just so fucking big. And I'm like, God, these things are only a couple months old. Uh, but yeah, people just, just chill. And, and the time schedule, I, like you said, people get so anal about, but I only, I feed on Mondays, every Monday at seven. If I don't feed at seven, my snake gets, your snake doesn't get anything. Your snake has no concept of time. Yeah. Like, it understands seasons. That's about it. So uh, people just got chill and, and feeding your snake this Monday and then feeding it a week and a half later and then the next time feeding it two weeks and the next time feeding it a week. That's fine. That's way more natural than feeding it every Monday. 
I mean, I do have to say I feed every Friday and Saturday. Friday is my uh, frozen, my frozen thawed and my picky eaters. And if they don't eat, then I go pick up live on Saturday. But that's for you. That's not for them. Like that you feed on those days because that fits your Fine. schedule for, for feeding them. Yes. Yes. And then my live, I pick up live feeders. He's only open, like open hours on Saturday morning. So I go there on Saturday morning to get those. But if the animal doesn't eat, I don't freak out. And then I try again next week or, you know, whatever. Yeah. And sometimes I don't feed my, like my male snakes sometimes get fed um, every three weeks. You know, my retic and my berm are getting fed about every three weeks at that point too. So, and I, I don't recall the last time I fed them because I didn't want them pooping while I was gone for the next 10 days. So I can't, I don't even know how long it's been, since it, it might be a month actually since I fed them. That's why I used to always say like when feeding boas, feed them something that is one and a half times the thickest part of their body. And I've more kind of stepped that down to just feeding them something that's as thick as the thickest part of their body. Yeah. Um, that's what I generally tell people. And then, and that keeps it safe. That keeps somebody from overfeeding. Like I will probably still feed something that leaves a little bit of a lump, but I feel like if you don't, if you tell someone one and a half times the size, sometimes they end up feeding something that's twice the size. And I mean, you know, snakes, they'll, they'll eat it. Yeah. Even if, even if they're going to throw it up in three days, they'll eat it and try. Yeah. Sometimes I'm not going to lie. Sometimes I'll give an animal and be like, Ooh, this might be a little bit too big for you. But it's already got it. And you're like, Oh, well. And then I'm like, well, if it really doesn't work out, you'll throw it back up. Right. (laughs) Right. You know, I know that's terrible thing that, and it doesn't happen often, but you know, sometimes you'd be surprised what they can freaking eat though. Oh yeah. It's amazing. But with, with blood pythons, if you were to feed them one and a half size of their thickest part, you would have the fattest freaking blood python ever. Like I, you don't even see lumps in my animals when I feed them and they're, they're just fine. And that's why I say you've got to learn what a healthy version of whatever species it is you're working with, what it looks like. Cause the healthy version of a blood is not going to compare to the healthy version of a corn snake. Like it's not drastically different. And you know, if you feed your corn snake every week, you're probably going to not get a fat corn snake just because of their metabolism. But if you feed... I get fat corn snakes feeding them every week. I really? have to feed them every other week. Yeah. <laughs> if you're a normal person and you're not able, you probably... <laughs> Whatever. But is that a baby or an adult corn? They're adults, actually. Yeah, I probably feed my adult corns every two weeks or so. My babies are turning into big ones now, so that's good. That's what happens when you feed them. Yeah, go figure. They, they oddly enough, they grow when you feed them. I don't, it's it's a weird concept. I know. Uh, yeah, I have a mom that's a year old that is getting pretty fat now. So I'm so scared because she's at the point where I have to move her up from her tiny little tub into a big her big girl tub. But I'm so afraid she's going to be able to get out like the other one did that I still haven't found. That was yep, sick. exactly. I don't I don't want that to happen. Um. I do want what well, we did have one thing posted this week by uh, a listener, Ryan Gosler posted. Uh, it's, yeah, it's Ryan. Uh, this small dinosaur had a marvel. It was a the article is National Geographic says this small dinosaur had a marvelous sense of touch. Detailed fossil res- reveal. And it's like a chicken sized dinosaur that um, uh, they found a fully intact skeleton with some soft tissue preserved. And they were on the tail and they were able to see that the tail has what looks like sensory organs very similar to what modern day crocodilians have for sensing movement in water and stuff like that. And so they think they used their tail while walking around these marshy areas for finding food while hunting food in the, in the area, which is kind of cool. That's super cool. That, that's one thing that, uh, 
as time goes on, we're going to realize how fucking wrong we were about dinosaurs, like when we were kids. Because yep. Jurassic Park velociraptors do not look like what paleontologist <laughs> velociraptors look like. Like, <laughs> Jurassic Park velociraptors look like just like super wicked monitor lizards that can run around and get you. Paleontologist, dress, or paleontologist velociraptors are giant evil chicken bird lizard things with feathers. See, what's going to happen, though, is the human race is going to go extinct, and then all of this knowledge is going to be lost, and then they're going to start all over. What if this has already happened? What if we're, like, the third generation of human life on Earth, and it's always an extinction after extinction after extinction? We would have dug up something that would look like us by now if that was true. Maybe. I don't know. I, I, I know. We have parallel universes. I have no proof that we don't, but I'm just... <laughs> What's more interesting is like, like, so I'm a fairly sane and logical person, I believe. Um, but people are always shocked when I like, like, do you believe in aliens? Totally believe in aliens. I just don't believe they come here and stick things up people's butts. Like, I don't believe in that kind of alien. Sure. But when you have an infinite universe, right? And you look up at night and you see all these stars. Well, those stars have planets around them. So to believe that there's not a single planet in the solar, in the whole solar system, or in, in the whole universe, I mean, that is not the right distance from their sun, and same things that we have. Like to believe that we're the only one where that worked out is insane. It's just insanity. Like it's an infinite universe. There's got to be other life out there. They haven't gotten here, just like we haven't gotten there. But yep, definitely don't think they little green guys that come here and stick things in your butt. I think that's definitely not true. Not because they're blue. Oh, that's right. They're reptile, pe- <laughs> they're reptile people. They wear masks and they work in the government. Maybe. Uh, so yeah, small dinosaur in what is now modern day Germany. Uh, it's that's another thing. Like it's got a little rendition of like a little like drawing or a little like uh, computer animated version of what it would look like. But we're totally guessing with any of these things. The outside, at least, we at least know like what skeleton is. But like we're totally guessing color and pattern and how the outside looks, which is why we. We all picture velociraptors without feathers, but now paleontologists ruin it and they go, no, they actually had feathers. Which is pretty fucking cool. Now imagine if they could fly, that'd be horrifying. That would be absolutely horrifying. Oh my word. (laughs) Just like you go back to Jurassic Park and they have feathers and they can fly and then they're just like, they just fly up out of the cage and kill people. Oh my God. (laughs) Um, I know we wanted to talk about Riley's uh, picture and video that he did this week about his Kribo. Yeah, so I didn't check out the video. So I did. If, okay, you got more details then. So the basic premise, right, is that he bred his two Kribos, which are... He put his Kribos together. Because he wanted to breed he them. He wanted to breed them. And they are snake-eating snakes. And the male got the female in its mouth. And Riley got there in time. Right? Did you see right. the so, so here's what happened. Yeah, go. So he put the two Kribos together. The male male Kribos are larger than female Kribos. So this male is about a foot and, and thicker also than the female. So they are. Um, and they'd been together for a while. And Riley went to work. And then his girlfriend calls him and says, hey, the snakes are trying to eat each other. And they were. And so Riley rushes home. When he gets there, he finds the female's head inside the male's mouth. Um gets them separated and if you find the face she's got a huge gash like around her neck and then yeah. underneath her chin and some areas inside of her mouth are, are tore up 
Um, so he went ahead, sort of uh, treating it right away, separated, put her in a, um, a very sterile setup, um, and she's looking good. Like I, I think people underestimate how resilient snakes are. I mean, you can find snakes in the wild that look really fucked up, but yet they're thriving and finding food. And oh yeah, and like good. up and everything. Um, and so he got them separate. He thinks what happened was the male was ready to breed, she wasn't, um, and then at some point. Uh, he flinched, she flinched, and then because Kribos have such a strong feeding response, he clicked over from breeding to feeding and grabbed a hold of her. Uh, and had he not got there in time, probably would have killed her and probably would have tried to eat her if he could or could not have gotten it down. Don't know. But he did get there in time and she's fine. But that's a risk you run when you when you breed dry Marcon in general, that whole group of dry Marcon Kribos and uh, Indigos and all, which are snake eaters. Same thing that people have to risk when they're doing uh, uh, king snakes and stuff like that. So, or blackhead pythons and all. And he made um, he made a comment that you know if you ask you know longtime breeders etc whatever um, we say that the the worst thing you can do for your animals is breed them, and that's because there's so many more risks that can be involved in this. They can get egg bound. You know, they I had a snake lose so much weight after laying eggs that it taken three years to get her looking normal again um so i mean it really takes a toll on them and it there's risk you know things can happen if he didn't get there in time he would have lost one of his snakes that i know he loves he loves that little shit and uh i mean it's a risk you have to take i mean if he wants to breed them it's it's got to happen well yeah if you want to breed them but just to say like don't breed just to breed like really think about really think about what you're doing and the risk that you're you're putting your animal, potentially putting your animals through. So that was rough. I, I have had only one instance of that. It was weird. It was my Samboas. I, uh, I put the male with the female. I slid the tub closed, and then I heard a thud. I was like, that was a thud. And then I opened it up, and there she is wrapped around the male. And I'm like, son of a bitch. And they're not really known for being snake eaters. She, uh, they, they are they're very... Touch though, right? Yeah, they're very sensitive to touch, and really good feeding responses i guess she just was clicked into feeding response mode felt something touch her body and they shoot up out of that bedding fast like if you ever watch trimmers they're like graboids they just shoot out of the bedding uh what about people that breed tarantulas that's even crazier because the female like female spiders will eat the males that is the whole point of it well see that's not that's crazy but that's not nearly as crazy as someone that breeds praying mantises you know your male's getting eaten at that point. Like you put it in there, going, "Ooh, I hope this male gets its head bitten off." Like that's that's yeah, crazy. Yeah, yeah, true. So it kind of blows my mind that people breed mantises, but I guess that is a thing. They have really cool, pretty ones, though. Oh man, yeah, those. Uh, and they're, uh, tiny. they're so cute. They're so small. The um, why can't I not think of the flower that they're on? And they're named after the flower. It's not lilies. It's a uh, orchid. Orchid mantises. I was gonna say iris, but I was picturing. Orchids in my head. <laughs> Brandon Millichamp said it. Brandon Millichamp said April and her wandering ball sacks. I know. She's behind me right now being stupid. Darren Watson said, yes, tarantulas are crazy. He couldn't separate them if if he had to. I yeah. Think I so. Yeah. I mean, it's not like you can just rip them apart. Like, that, that's not a you – if you do that, you may rip them yeah. apart. Then you have an egg sack of potentially hundreds. Potentially thousands of oh, hello of babies. It's just it's it's crazy. Yeah, I had I had an 
egg sac once and she ate the damn egg, egg sac today. I went to go get them out. Oh, fuck, man. Which, that sucks. Which was probably better. I, I, the, I, I had no right trying to raise a trillion little baby tarantulas. Like, it was probably better like than that happened. Or something? What? Is it a salmon bird eater that has like literally hundreds of baby? No, it was it was a a rose hair, but I bought it from Petco, and obviously it was pregnant when I bought it, and it laid eggs. Um, but I mean, it's probably better that she ate them, and I didn't try and raise them. Probably, honestly. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he, he, that video. If you go check out Riley's pop, uh, his uh, YouTube channel, he talks about morning geckos. What morning geckos? And a tarantula. That's what I'm going to get at the next show. Don't house those together. That'd be bad. You're right. You're <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, also, what else are you going to talk about with Riley? So, Riley posted in a chat today pictures that one of his listeners sent him of melanistic Brazilian rainbow boas. And I'm not one, like, I understand that people go, why would you want a dark rainbow boa? Their color is one of the best things about them. And I agree, because for years I've said anery rainbow boas are stupid. But this is not an anery rainbow boa. This is a melanistic rainbow boa. Anery rainbow boas are just, they're kind of a, a black-gray color, but I, I don't like them. This thing, and you saw the picture, yeah. is, as an adult, is black. Like black, black. You can't see any bit of the pattern in normal lighting. I'm sure in yeah. sunlight it'll come out. But I imagine the iridescence on that black color looks amazing. Yes. That, I mean, honestly, I... I got over the rainbow bow stage. I used to really, really like them. I actually have a Colombian in my my collection right now. Um, it's my old roommate. But anyway, um, I, I don't even like boas. Like, you know, like I have no desire to keep boas. But I'm like, man, that is a really awesome looking. I know. So, But it's in Brazil. So legally, it can't be here. But there Wait, were all. Brazilian rainbow boa in Brazil? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Oh wow, that's amazing! Yeah, where it came from, it's what. <laughs> but with that said, there were some leucistic red tail boas from Brazil that somehow magically showed up in the United States. So, yeah, who I knows what happens? Show up someday. Um, but but I I I want one. I didn't know I wanted one until right. I saw that picture, and I now mm-hmm. want one. No kidding, that is definitely something you didn't know you wanted. Darren Watson says he's working on his third tarantula enclosure. Still just has one. You should probably fill the second tarantula enclosure, Darren. Uh, I'm gonna okay, so you know, like if you go oh, Walmart have them, like the Dollar Tree, I think, like a really, really low end supermarket type place that'll sell Cheetos in those um plastic big containers. Oh, like the if you go to Sam's and you buy the big uh Yeah, and you can they have the twist top off the top. You usually the pretzel ones have a twist top because if you buy like the cause, because we buy the cheese balls. Cheese yeah. balls have a, a peel-off top. But sometimes you can find the pretzel ones that have the spin top on them. Yeah, so those are great tarantula enclosures. That would work. It really does. <laughs> I've used it before. Or, or you could buy a, an enclosure from Simply Bio at Herps, and that would make a decent uh, smaller tarantula species enclosure. Just Could it, could it be um, arboreal as well? Because that's what I'm getting. We, we do sell, well, if you... Anyone, I think I'm gonna get a sling and raise it up. I'm not sure. If you and have a sling, we have uh, we do have a cylinder, a round, tall cylinder one that would work great for a climbing sling like a pink toe. That's actually that's what I wanted because you've said it before. <laughs> I could I could have been fancying on a versicolor. Yep, but, uh, a versicolor. Mm-hmm. But uh, 
but when you come to Lafayette, you'll see we do we do have uh, an enclosure that would work great. Because I have thought about getting one for uh, jumping spiders and getting a jumping spider and putting it in one. Oh my gosh, I kind of want a jumping spider. Maybe I should get one. I, I definitely want a jumping spider. My one friend at work would be so jealous. Oh she can be so jealous. <laughs> Partner Tracy posted the round ones. I know I said the round ones, Tracy. I'm plug. She's she always upset because I don't, I don't plug. I don't plug this business, the, our, our our little business together. Uh, you really don't. Cause it says simply serpents behind you. It doesn't say and bio. Simply bio. Si- simply bio. Because it worked out. We met each other at the Herb shows, and hers is simply something crafted. And she does uh, t-shirts and like little knickknacks, and she does uh, leashes for uh, bearded dragons, and she makes hammocks oh. for bearded dragons. And they're really cool hammocks and really cool leashes that like her leashes are better than pretty much all the other ones you've seen out there. We've used them. Um, and so we started hanging out and I was simply serpents. I was like, it's funny. We both have simply. And then I started making these little enclosures and we said, Hey, we should do this together. And they're like, Hey, we'll make it simply. And it's, it's bioactive. So we'll make it simply bio. So now it's like when you see it, when all three businesses are at a herps thing, like it's, it'll say you got all the signs. It's simply Southern crafted, simply bio, simply serpents. And it's all in a row. That's awesome. So, uh, Darren says sling pink toes are very delicate. I know, but they're so cute. I want the one that's blue. That's what the C Versa colors, they're the blue ones. And then they turn into the pink and green. And oh, they're just so pretty. I love them. I like you, pink. I really like those tarantulas. <laughs> My wife had a pink toe at one point that was in her classroom. I just thought it was cool because they build that little web nest like up at the top of the cage. Yep. And yep. so that's really cool. Because, like, my, my uh, rose hair would just dig a big old hole and stay in the ground, and I never saw it. Yeah, I definitely want uh, arboreal one that will make a, a web up high and not dig a hole and be just a dirt thing. But, but uh, yeah. And then I did, one other video I saw this week that I really liked was, and I don't know if you watched it, I sent it to you, but I don't know if you watched it. You probably didn't, because I know you're, you're right. I didn't. <laughs> uh, it was, we talk about primitive predators. They're the ones that, if you've heard us in the past, have the big, like, tortoise greenhouse. And they also have, like, a big, like, crocodilian greenhouse. But they finally finished their outdoor crocodilian pools and, and setups, enclosures, and all. And they will rival any zoo enclosure I've seen. They're amazing. You got to go check out primitive, pre- primitive predators on YouTube. It's their most recent one. The, uh, so a lot of places, they just dig a big old hole filled with water and then put a fence around it voila crocodile enclosure but as anybody that's worked with crocodiles in that kind of enclosure knows they dig and they'll dig into the bank and they kind of destroy the bank and it kind of all falls into the pool so what he did was he built walls that are uh eight feet tall and then eight feet into the ground and that's the pool wow so they can't dig into the sides and then um he built ramps on either side of the pool one side is sand one side is grass and then on one side, the ramp comes down to a shelf that is about almost five foot tall. And underneath it is basically a cave that the crocodilians can go under if they're underwater and they want to get underneath something. They go under that shelf. But that shelf also allows them to get out into the pool somewhat and work with them if they need to in the water um, without stepping out into the eight foot section where they obviously can't touch the bottom. Sure, that's cool. And uh, the whole thing, he's got um like feeding platforms on on every pool where you can walk out and feed and uh it's go to anybody go check out primitive predators it's probably the best crocodilian setup i've i've ever seen um i think like the uh the panels they use for the fencing around the thing 
200 and something mile per hour wind uh, safe. So like it can survive a cat five if it happens in, cause I mean, they're there in Florida. So it's, it's a pretty amazing setup that they That's did. And it's, and it's huge. Like the land section, it's not this little like huge section of water and a little piece of land. It's a massive enclosure and probably half of it is, or more is land. Um, so I just think go check that out. I, I find that kind of stuff. I find people that build uh, these big setups properly. I find that stuff really, really interesting because I've seen plenty of shitty ones out there. It's always nice to see someone who's doing it correctly. And, I will uh, watch that video. And I like their channel. They don't, they don't tend to do a lot of flashy, stupid shit just for YouTube, which is probably why they won't get as many followers as some of the other people in Florida. Okay. Because um, when they do venomous stuff, they're not just randomly holding a king cobra in a very small room where it could definitely turn around and get them. Not pinpointing anybody in particular, but just saying uh, some people do that. But check that out. Uh, I think I have finally figured out how I'm going to do the door on my tortoise enclosure, my tortoise barn. Okay, figured. so how? All right. It's, oh it's, man, if you have to say it like that, this is a story. It's, <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. So. They sell uh, four by eight sheets of PVC at Lowe's. Like you would buy plywood, but it's PVC. Yeah. It's not the higher quality PVC like what Robert uses on his cages, but it will work for what I need. And it's a, it's a little under about half an inch thick, four by eight sheet of PVC. So I need roughly a three foot, almost a three foot by three foot, a little less uh, piece cut. So I'm going to buy that. I'm going to cut that out. And then I'm going to buy thin aluminum sheets from Lowe's. I'm going to attach them on either side. So I'm basically going to sandwich the PVC between aluminum on either side. And they sell this aluminum like channel for like, uh, kind of like what you would have in like these four foot cages for sliding glass back and forth, like that kind of channel. Yeah. I'm going to put that around. I'm going to frame out that whole door. that's got the aluminum on both sides, PVC in the middle. I'm going to frame it out with this half inch channel, attach all that as one piece. Okay. Then they sell a three quarter inch, a three fourth inch, uh, aluminum channel that I'm going to put on the bottom um, of the of the barn on the inside, like along the wall and the floor, and one that stretches the whole length of the top so that this door will basically fit into that channel and slide back and forth on the barn from the inside. And so when I slide it shut, if they push against it from the inside, it actually is braced by the cinder blocks on either side, the top, and all that. So they shouldn't be able to push it open. I can just slide it open when I want to slide it open. And because it's got aluminum on both sides, I can't really mess up the plastic in the middle. Uh, so what about like dirt getting into the track? I, when my lid lifts off and I just have to clean it out. It's, it's definitely a possibility. But yeah, the good thing is... That would annoy the shit out of me. So. The, uh, the half inch... Um, I mean, it's going to happen. They're going to shit in there, especially in the winter when they're locked in for like a week at a time and it just fills up with shit. It happens. And people are like, we should clean it. I do clean it. But when it's 30 degrees outside all day long, I'm not wasting heat and opening the barn. They're okay. And I mean, it's not like they're sitting in liquid shit. They shit out giant clumps of grass. <laughs> Anybody that's ever owned a, a 60 pound tortoise knows that it's just giant clumps of grass. Um, but yeah, it'll happen. But there's a little bit of play and wiggle room when the half inch track sits inside the three quarter inch track. So it should work. But uh, that's, I've been racking my brain on what to do because it's like, just the way I built it, it doesn't have a super easy way to do a door. And I, I didn't want to put the door on the outside because if they start pushing against it from the inside, there's nothing really to brace it. And, and if anybody's ever owned a large tortoise, they do whatever the hell they want to. And they're way stronger than you would think. So 
So yeah, I gotta get that built ASAP because uh, it's supposed to be dropping into the 40s. I think this weekend, next week. So getting cold, cold for me. Like I know people up north are going 40. That's not cold. Screw you. I live in Louisiana. That's cold. No, that's really freaking cold. Because yeah, you're from California, you don't have cold. Yeah, <laughs> it gets get down to the low 60s, and I'm freezing my ass off. <laughs> Oh, oh my god it's 65 i would kill for 65 if i could live in 65 degrees 60 to 65 to 70 degrees year round yeah heaven well for me it'd be like 69 to yeah 70. i bet it would be 69 freak you and your ball sack again if you're listening to this podcast and you didn't watch the video she's holding a ball sack and, and stroking it right now yep uh, <laughs> Tracy asked, have you seen Brazilian jewel tarantulas? I have not, Tracy. I don't think I have. But it but sounds, sounds beautiful. It sounds fancy and it sounds expensive. What are the purple ones where the males are purple? Is that the one? I don't know. Oh. I'm, looking at, I'm looking at it. Hold on. Tarantula. I just built correctly. These are, oh, wow. These have like cobalt blue legs. With like mm -hmm. pink hair on the legs at like the base towards the body, kind of a bluish body with like, they're they're fancy. They're probably expensive as shit. Then, uh, hold on, I'll show you. Make sure I don't have anything inappropriate on my screen before I share it. Oh, and wait for it. Wait for it. Do you see it? No. What do you oh, see? Oh yeah, now I see it. Oh, that's so pretty. That is really pretty. That that seems expensive. Oh my god, the little sling even has those colors. Yeah, I'm gonna go with that's expensive. Wait, how big do those things get? I don't know. They all look small. Yeah, they all look tiny. And that's the fingertip of somebody. I, there's no way that's. OMG. Okay, we're back. <laughs> That's so cool. Y'all have to look those up. Fire knee tarantula is Darren Watson's next one. Oh, Rob Christian says the purple males would be fucking a Zenithis, Zen, Zen, Zenthus, or Pamphobetus species. Uh, okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> yep. If it doesn't have a common name, I don't need to own it. So I go uh, to people and say, I want this. What is it? Rob oh, says the Celadonia are tiny and they are arboreal. How are you in arboreal trapdoors? But I guess you build a, a web as a little door. That's weird. Rob, how expensive are they? Can I get one? Yes, Rob. Could, she, she needs to know prices <laughs> and possible locations to pick one up tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> no, not tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, because like that, all that color—that's got to be an adult. Those things are. Yeah. That's like a, it's basically like a jumping spider. That's the, the same size as a jumping spider. It's that's so cool. But in a tarantula, so they're like, holy shit! Oh Sorry. no! Sorry, I'm not getting one then, am I? <laughs> <laughs> they are five hundred dollars a sling. Oh Lord, have mercy! I'm not getting one. Nah. They are not that pretty. <laughs> They're not. A, no, they are that pretty. KF KF invertebrates had them. KF oh. invertebrates can keep them. 
I cannot imagine. I would have to breed them to make it okay for me to spend $500 on a tarantula. I would just be afraid that like something would happen, especially with slings. Sometimes, you know, they don't make it. Oh God. That would, like they have oh. a bad mold or something. Oh my God. I would be oh. so stressed out for a $500 tarantula. Oh my God. That, that, I would puke. If I walked in, it's because I'm not talking like, be, like belly up when like they're molting, but if it's like belly up and dead, dead. Oh. <laughs> yeah, like legs curled up, dead. See, Rob says they caused a lot of issues with the U.S. invert hobby in Brazil. Okay, well, now I need more information, Rob. You can't just say shit like that and then not explain it. Stephen Poole said he inherited a Texas brown tarantula a couple weeks ago uh, that they found in the local post office in Kentucky. Oh, dang. I mean, I didn't, I'll inherit one if, that's, if someone needs me. I've only, ever, I've only ever seen our Texas brown tarantulas uh, after like somebody had an exterminator come through and then they're dead. I don't ever see them alive, but we have them around here. They're cool little spiders. I say little. I mean, they're, they're smaller tarantula species. They're not huge, but they're not $500 micro tarantula species size either. Oh, okay. that. How much are the, um, the jumping spiders? They were only like 20-something bucks. Really? Yeah. And he had some really pretty – he had one that looks almost like a velvet ant. I don't know like, what a velvet ant looks like. You what the what the <laughs> fuck? Okay, hold on. Anybody listening right now in the chat, please tell me you know what a velvet ant is, or a cow killer ant, or. I mean, does it look like it has velvet glued onto it? Well, yeah, but they're not actually. They're technically not actually ants. They're a type of wasp, but uh, they hurt like a son of a bitch. If you ever, I've never been bit by one, but I've heard the pain is miserable. Okay. All right. Hold on. I'm going to share my screen with you. And you can see a velvet ant, but he has a jumping spider that looks like this. Now are you just going to, oh, okay, you unfroze, cool. I don't see it yet. Oh, 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 that, they look cool in pictures, but I would never want to see one flying my way. They don't fly. So that winged one, I have no idea what that is. That's not true. <laughs> these, these are wingless wasps, but they look like ants. They get called velvet ants or cow killer ants, um, and their bite is horribly painful. Why are they called cow killers? Because the bite's horribly painful, and it it, it won't oh, actually kill a cow. Cow type of thing. One yeah. of those like being what's it called when you over exaggerate? Where's your wife? I need her for Ingle. Need her for Ingle, and then you froze. I was doing English lessons. Oh no, April. We lost April, folks. I'm assuming you still have me. I don't know if you. I can hear myself, but that's about it. Oh, there's it. There's April. She's back. There's James. He's back. I wonder what they see. If they see my screen or your screen. I know. I, <laughs> yeah. So during that time, did you hear me talking or did you hear April talking? Because <laughs> I'm like, James, hello, James. <laughs> that, that is, I mean, I could probably like go and check that while editing this, but we all know I'm not going to because I'm so fucking tired of editing this podcast after the last two weeks. <laughs> this That's one. not a big deal. That's just like a couple seconds of weirdness. Yeah, it's like a wives' tale. Of, you know, they'll, they'll kill a cow, but they won't kill a cow. Uh, but he has jumping spiders that look like that. I was like, that's really cool. They're red. They're bright red, and like they're the size of like my thumbnail. They're good size jumping spiders. We need a tarantula or a tarantula and invert person come on our show. We will do that. I will get somebody. I make okay. it. I make it the jumping spider dude. 
Okay. So Rob said, they were yeah. never legally exported from Brazil, and they popped up in the U.S. hobby. Sounds a lot like a leucistic boa that I know. And so the U.S. Fish and Wildlife got contacted by Brazilian government asking where Brazil species in the U.S. hobby came from because they didn't have paperwork documenting lots of species ever leaving Brazil. So the U.S. government and Brazil government were going back and forth, and the U.S. government released a press thing saying the U.S. tarantula hobby should stop breeding, buying, and selling like 150-plus species of Brazilian tarantulas. I'm sure that went over well with the Brazilian or with the U.S. tarantula hobby, because everyone knows that you know, Americans love being told what they can't do. Well, if they're already in, in the states. Yeah, fuck it. They're already here. <laughs> get over, get over yourself, Brazil. You can't no, keep. I think that, but you know. can't keep all the cool animals to yourself. With that said, can someone please send me a melanistic Brazilian rainbow boa? Just. You know what? You can throw it in one of those flat-packed uh, FedEx envelopes, and I promise I'll pick it up when it gets here. <laughs> oh, man. He said people stop selling stuff for like two months, and now they don't seem to care. <laughs> and that's, a, that's the most American thing. Sure. America. Later, fuck it. We'll do whatever we want. Yep. I agree. They're already here. That, that's kind of like how the uh, leucistic boa thing went. I mean, uh, it got snuck here by Rob Stone. Not Rob Stone. Don't put Rob Stone's name in it like that. Jeremy Stone. Jeremy Stone. Hey, we can see if Rob Stone will come on our show. Every time I think about having Rob on, he's on somebody else's podcast. Which is, honestly, I know it's going to sound like I'm making this up, but for the last month and a half, every time where I'm like, hey, April, we should have this person on, they're on somebody's podcast that week. Legit, yeah, I know. (laughs) Son of a bitch. I gotta find. I've gotta find. Yeah, there, Rob said Jeremy. It was Jeremy Stone who sneaked okay. the uh, leucistic uh, uh, boas here from Brazil, and then uh, they basically they punished him for that. And then, but the problem was he'd already bred them, and people already had them all over the country. So I was like, "All right, cats out of the bag." Hey, there's a cat. Yeah. Uh, and so now we have leucistic boas that most definitely came illegally from Brazil. So. Now we also have spiders that most definitely came illegally from Brazil. Just like we have leucistic blue tongue skinks, which definitely came illegally from Australia. That spider is so freaking tiny and so pretty, though. But it's $500. No, I'm not going to get it right now. Ever. (laughs) I mean, it's your money. You do whatever the hell you want to. But I'm telling you as a friend, you spend $500 on a spider sling. You better... I don't know. I'd never be really freaking rich is what you're saying to me. You, you better be able to produce about 500 of those things in the next following years after that. I say that I'm about to spend $500 on a Samboa, but like in my mind, I'm like $500 on a Samboa makes, makes way more sense than $500 on a spider sling. I mean, $500 on a blood python is like cheaper. You get it. Your animals are bougie and expensive. Fuck off. <laughs> you're expensive ass ball sack cats and you're expensive ass snakes. Yep. Damn cats. I love them. <laughs> so that is all I have. And hopefully this there's no editing that I have to do. And I can just add our intro and outro music. But I have a feeling while I'm saying this, my internet's gonna cut off because that's how it's gonna know, right? <laughs> It would have cut off five minutes ago. <laughs> that's true. Um, so this is this was our first like just me you episode. And then you froze. Son of a bitch. It, Surprise, it's our first one. Okay, there we go. You unfroze. 
Internet hates. If we promise. <laughs> Fucking, I, I swear. <laughs> it's 2020. Oh, we're, back? we're back. Okay. <laughs> it's 2020, and that we still can't get functional internet. It's amazing. All right, let's close out while we're while we're, while we're going. Is good. <laughs> Darren asked, "Do you think you'll ever do live again?" We may actually. This was kind of fun, just a me and you episode bullshit. Yeah. Uh, probably, Darren. We probably we may. I know that uh, Jake and Justin do a monthly one, and the great thing about that is we can be like, "What time do you want to do this?" And we can do it whenever, and we don't have to line up a guest. Yeah. We can also do it live on um, YouTube. Also, if that's easier for the chat, I think that might be easier for the chat. aspect. That, that means I need to start a YouTube channel. You could use it on mine and I'll just profit off of <laughs> this. Um, those, those fives of views that we get. I know, right? <laughs> All 15 people that end up watching us bullshit for two hours. <laughs> All right, here we go. April, if they want to get a hold of you, where can they do it, uh, especially once you make your new email? Well, good Lord, that is a good question. Um, right now, <laughs> you can find me on Facebook as April Justine. You can still find me on Instagram under Designer Exotics as well as YouTube, though the YouTube channel will be changing to Bloods by Design. And once I get all that stuff up, I'll officially announce uh, those pages as well. Yes, and and we'll mention it again next week, but in three, four weeks, you'll be able to see her at the Lafayette Herb Show. Yeah, you come meet me. Say hello. Uh, if you need to get a hold of me, I'm still the same name. It's Simply Serpents uh, on Facebook. It is Simply Serpents, uh, well, Simply underscore Serpents on Instagram. Or if you need to get a hold of us for the podcast, it is the Reptile Gumbo Podcast at Gmail for an email. Or the Reptile Gumbo Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, I do have a few Samboas left. If anybody wants just a normal-looking Samboa, they're still a cool pet. If not, I don't care. I'll probably sell my reptile show. So, I have golden eyes, possible sixty-six percent possible het T negative, and a pair of normals that are also sixty-six percent het T negative. Oh, I want to go ahead and say hi to Victor because he said hi to both of us. Hi, Victor. <laughs> uh, we'll have stuff for sale too. You could come say hi and buy things. Yay! Um, I think that's all I've got. And then uh, I, I've got to figure out who we'll have on next week. And we'll try to have a podcast out next Monday for y'all instead of randomly in the middle of the week. Yep. So that's it for me. Fun. See you Bye. Guys next- Bye.